Welcome to episode 32 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Yes, so thank you very much for tuning in once again. And um, I have to let you know in advance that it might sound a little noisy in the background because um, I'm actually recording this from my conservatory and it is raining outside. So you might hear the uh, the raindrops on the roof or the window, um, but try and not be distracted by that little noise. <laughs> it's crazy because I swear I looked outside the window and I didn't see one cloud in sight. But the moment, <laughs> the moment I set up, I don't know, it's like every single cloud emerged from around the world just to circle my town literally what is going on insane it was actually pretty warm early i was walking in the town and um yeah it was nice and warm and it looked as if we were almost achieving normality that the car park itself was completely full i just saw like i don't think i saw much spaces available in the car park which is a good sign that we might be getting back to the way things used to be. So today's podcast is going to be a Q&A. Uh, recently, I put out a question uh, on my social media asking everybody to just throw me some fitness related questions. So I've rounded up like all of the questions and that's what I'm going to answer today. But before I continue, I just want to say that this show is sponsored by drink hrw which specialize in hydrogen water which dissolve in your water so basically it's effervescent tablets you place it in your water and they release these hydrogen bubbles now hydrogen are the smallest molecules in the world so it can penetrate every cell um, it could even go through glass <laughs> it's pretty amazing now these particular effervescent tablets they've undergone vigorous testing and is probably one of the most efficacious products you can find in relation to hydrogen. Now, my own experience with hydrogen has always been incredible. I mean, it's it just sounds like it's the most basic thing. Most people, when they're looking for some kind of supplement or even drugs, they're looking for something which is real complex, which has all these different molecules added together. But this is just hydrogen. <laughs> But the, the effervescent tablets do have some magnesium which is added and a few other ingredients to, to give it this, um, this metabolic reaction. The moment it hits the water, it is truly spectacular. I take it as a pre-workout when I'm training and when I train, I can train like an animal. If you're used to getting lactic acid, um, I don't know, fatigued during your training session or even just fatigued during the day, then this is definitely for you. Just hydrogen in water. So the, the, the way you take it is you just drop it in the water and it dissolves. And then within like, I don't know, maybe five seconds, you just drink the whole thing. And I would say within the minute, you'll slowly start to feel the difference. Now, it's not something like coffee when you drink it and you feel wired or anything like that. You just feel clear, you know? So during training, it's incredible. Like if you're feeling a bit 
tired or low or fatigued, um, then you can have this. Like if you need something to clear brain fog, definitely this is for you. There had been times when I had gone to bed very late and in the morning after going to bed late, I'd wake up with a headache, but we've taken the HRW molecular hydrogen tablets any headache was eliminated. Like I'd wake up and just feel fresh. <laughs> it was weird. It almost felt like I had cheated the system. You know, like you can always expect to feel groggy after going to bed super late. But yeah, this is definitely the one. Now, if you are interested in getting yourself one of these, all you need to do is visit drinkhrw.com and input coupon code SNIPES10 and you can get yourself 10% off. They've got some other amazing supplements on the website, things to do with like anti-aging, and they're all efficacious, trust me. Go to the website, have a look, browse around, and just read the, you know, all the studies which has gone in the products itself. It's, it's all great stuff. So that website again is drinkhrw.com and use coupon code snipes10 for 10% off. All right, so going through the list of questions which were asked of me, there are a combination between some questions asked on Instagram and some which are on Facebook. Okay, so the first question is, all right, so it says, hey Roger, do you think that FFMI over 26 is possible with hard work and good genetics? So FFMI is fat-free mass index. Now, I don't really follow any kind of fat-free mass protocol when I'm, I don't know, checking my, just the way my body looks. I just kind of look in the mirror. But when I was in India in January, I actually took a in-body body fat reading. So on the reading, it gave a, a body composition analysis of like the minerals, the protein amount and um, fat mass and fat-free mass. So if I just go to the report, let me just have a look. Okay, so on here, it says fat-free mass 87.7. So um, yeah. 87.7. Now you asked if it was uh, possible to get more than 26. I'm unsure if if that is down to the point system. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I guess I just don't really follow that. I mean, this, this, is, this is the information I know. So my fat-free mass was 87.8. My soft lean mass was 82.7. Uh, total body water, 64. Um, yeah, and my weight was 101.6 kilos. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to find, is there more details here? 26 seems like a, a pretty low number. I'm guessing it's uh, maybe similar to the the normal uh, body mass index, but, but just for muscle. Um, yeah, sorry, if there's some kind of analysis, any kind of um, calculator which you could use, maybe you'll have to take those details and calculate it. Yeah, sorry about that. 
body fat mass. I'm just trying to look at it again. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, body mass index, it says 31.7. So in terms of uh, obesity analysis, apparently I'm fat. <laughs> I'm obese. Um, and my percentage, body fat percentage at the time was 13.6. So yeah, that was in January. Right now it's um yeah, definitely looking a lot different. You know, being in lockdown and everything, my muscle mass <laughs> most likely has reduced. Body fat levels has definitely gone up, but in in terms of the FFMI, I'm not too sure. So I hope some of that information was useful for you okay so the next question is what supplement do you use for mass gaining okay so i think i mentioned a few times that i don't take any supplements to gain mass or to try and put in any muscle or anything but you know i have things to help with to assist with my body to help um, with repairing to help with just so that it functions properly like my main focus is overall health and I know that if I am in good health that then when I train my body is going to respond the way I want it to I will grow muscle as a byproduct of functioning properly so when I'm training I'll have some amino acids to and this is essential amino acids to assist with protecting and maintaining muscle. I'll also have some electrolytes so that I have healthier cells. Obviously, I use the sauna now. The sauna is great for boosting mitochondria and lots of other fantastic stuff. But, you know, electrolytes is, is really important for cells. So, you know, I'll have that. And I'll have some whey protein, but... I wouldn't say that it is a rule that I must. I might have it twice a week or maybe twice every two weeks. I might not have it for quite a long time. It's like I will think to myself, all right, what is my protein source today? What is my carbohydrate source? And what is my fat source? You know, I'm always thinking of these things, but primarily I'm thinking to myself the whole spectrum. What What is everything that I'm having together? I wouldn't think to myself, am I, you know, what's my weight gaining food? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll have things to help to boost my immune system, like colostrum. Um, I'll have some adaptogenic herbs in the morning um, to, to help with, uh, I don't know, like detox and um, cognition. They all have so many different benefits about them, you know. So I'll have like a wide array of it, which I'll um, have in my coffee or sprinkle in my food. I'll have some collagen as well and um, some vitamin D. You know, so many things to... It's, it's just so that my body functions good. If it's functioning good, when I train, I will put on muscle. If I just focus on just, okay, what's the macronutrient, then I'm really missing the point. So what I would say to you is just question yourself. Is is the food on your plate colorful? 
like all the foods is is it a colorful plate where you've got like all the rainbows of different vegetables um do you have a, a good protein source as well like where is the source of protein from is it um is it organic is it not organic you know uh, what's your cooking process is it, a lot of these things is worth looking into if you want to put on mass hope that <laughs> gives you some sort of answer that you can take away the next question is with fat loss what's more important in the beginning deficit in calorie intake or focusing on macronutrients right if it's just going to be out of these two um well you know if you're just focusing on these two then again you're just going to be you're going to be focusing on the wrong thing it's like <laughs> you know if if you're looking at a relationship and you're saying the problem is me or you then it, it, you're missing the point it's it's more to do with maybe how the relationship is exactly rather than pointing the finger at each other so with regards to the food sometimes it's the type of food that you're eating so you could be eating the right macronutrients but the source in which you are getting it from might not be right so you know the carbohydrates for instance that's a, a lot of the issue when it comes to weight gain or focusing on fat loss so like if you're eating the right amount of carbohydrates but it is coming from a source which is refined uh, temporarily you might be able to get the results but in long term you might find yourself getting inflammations within the body uh, you might find yourself um, not responding to certain foods that you are eating because you now have a leaky gut now you was eating the right macronutrients but it was where it came from so it's really a case of where you are getting the food from as well as how much of it you are eating now deficit is important a lot of the time but um you know there's so many people that focus on if it fits your macros now it can work to a degree but if you're thinking about long term if you're thinking about your overall health then i would say that if it fits your macros doesn't really apply yeah so a lot of the time if somebody is overweight and they have a lot of fat on their body it can be because of years of abuse so you know in the short term you can just change your macro intake but in the long term i would suggest look at your lifestyle things like how often are you going for a walk um how often are you exercising what type of exercises do you do sometimes you need to question what is your ethnicity what is your ethnic background reason why that is is because your body might respond better to certain types of food which is more towards your ethnicity or your nationality um, if you change environment and then your diet changes perhaps your microbiome is not ready for the types of foods that you're eating so your body responds in a bad way you start to get lots of um, gastric uh, distress 
and you start to feel uncomfortable, you you know, start to become sick. So for fat loss, it's it's quite a lot of things. It's a, it's a lot to do with lifestyle. So even as basic as what is your sleep cycle like? Are you sleeping well enough? Sometimes it's good to have tools which can help to measure your progress. Uh, like for instance, for me, I measure my sleep all the time by using a ring, which is called an Aura ring, spelled O-U-R-A. So if you visit the website, have a look, um, it will explain a bit more about that. But little things like that, which where you can measure your progress on different things, like if you're training and you have like a, a smart watch or a some sort of smart application, it helps you to keep an eye on your progress on different stuff. So th these will help you to encourage you to continue with what you're doing. But at the same time, it's very important to just check everything in your lifestyle and not just the foods that you eat. Okay, so next question is how to remove chest fat within a week. <laughs> Within a week, I have no idea. I think you're asking the wrong person. I mean, <laughs> I've been training for 26 years. So if you're looking for fast results, if you want stuff within a week, I'm definitely not the right person. But if you if you have chest fat, um, I guess it just depends on the level of chest fat. You, you got some people who have something called gynecomastia. I think that's the way you say it. But um, yeah, it. some people are born with this, this kind of um, like estrogen thing that, that comes out in the breast tissue. Now, I'm not much of an expert on that. But um, I know that if you have low testosterone levels, I think that can kind of uh, bring that on. So it, it is to do with low testosterone a lot of the time. So the only thing I could say there is to try and do whatever you can to increase your testosterone. So perhaps having some uh, testosterone boosting types of foods. So things like uh, eating beef, um, shellfish or, you know, like things, things that, like seafood. Certain seafoods are pretty good for that. Uh, beef, I think I've already said, <laughs> egg yolks, uh, oh yeah, so with egg yolks, that they're, they're, they are really good. And you have people who have egg whites or they take the yolk and they throw it away and seriously, stop doing that. Stop chucking the yolk away. That is the most nutritious part of the egg. Stop throwing that away. It's so annoying. <laughs> um... You've got things like ashwagandha as well. Um, I take something called maca powder. Maca is, you, I think you've got about three different types. Um, the, the black one is the most potent one. So if you're gonna get maca powder, get the black maca powder. That's all I can say in re regards to your testosterone. But uh, yeah, looking into calorie intake as well, if you're, if you're consuming too much calories, and if you eat lots of trans fats and um, 
high glycemic carbohydrates that as well is going to have a knock-on effect with regards to your body composition so keep an eye on those things and eat some really fibrous vegetables and um, even the fruits is good but just try to minimize the amount of fruit which you are eating okay the next question i train every day and my abs seem to come but they're not showing when i stand straight when i lie they show when i stand they don't why okay i guess it's to do with your body fat it's not as low as you want it to be i think most people when they lie down it will probably yeah it will just if you have let's say visceral fat then it's going to show more when you stand it's going to you know push out towards your belly button so it's going to be more visible however when it comes to training i wouldn't suggest to train every day just kind of allow yourself to perhaps have a bit of recovery you know, some people, I guess it depends on the level of training which you're doing. You can have enough recovery by training every day. But if your abs are not showing the way you want it to, perhaps you need to have a day of rest or at least a couple of days of rest because rest itself allows your body to recover and you may just get a better response afterwards. It's like once you train, although you might train and have an amazing session, you're not going to get the results you want unless you sleep on it. You need to sleep so that your body recovers so that you will get a better result. Now, if your body's um, autonomic nervous system is always in a flight or fight, then it's going to be very stressed. When your body's in a stressed scenario, it naturally wants to hold on as much body fat as possible. So get good rest you know, get good sleep, allow your body to rest and you may find yourself losing a lot more body fat that way. Okay, so next question is, uh, which vitamin should I take if your knees are starting to sound like cellophane <laughs> every time you squat down? Uh, since leg pressing past 300 kg and heavy squatting my knees make some real old people noises <laughs> well if if your body is speaking to you then listen to it <laughs> that's it really okay so what i would say to you is rather than trying to go heavier and heavier and heavier maybe you can just focus on some eccentric just slow it down a bit you know that there is no rush when it comes to weight training it's all about creating a contraction in the muscle and allowing the muscle to evolve in the situation and that is the way it will grow now you know it's it's popular belief that you must go heavy but it's not the only way you can do like isometric exercises as well um you know pause reps you know mix it up that way if you want to try to create some growth in the muscle Anyways, like to do with the current situation with the, <laughs> the the cellophane sounding legs, I would suggest perhaps you might need to speak to a chiropractor. I think I'd done a podcast recently with someone called Katie Chimes. 
check out that podcast. Katie, she's a, a chiropractor, obviously specializes in uh, bones. Um, I went to see her probably about five or six years ago and she checked me over and um, I remember her scanning me and finding that I had early stages of arthritis. It wasn't the greatest news, but she said because of my excessive lifting and the way I was doing it, I needed to slow it down or stop. Otherwise, I'll, you know, I'll cripple myself early. So I didn't need her to tell me twice. Now, I didn't get any signs that this was an issue. When I went in to see her, she was asking me, have I had any any aches or pains? I'm like, no, I feel great. I feel fantastic. And then she was showing me certain positions of my neck, the way I was standing. It was slightly crooked. I had a bit of wear and tear. I was like, oh my God, is, is this really happening? But I feel good. I was feeling great. Now, if your body is speaking to you, don't just think, all right, I must continue and I just need to take a pill or a tablet and that will fix it. Just listen to your body. Drop the weight. You don't need to take that amount of weight, that amount of pressure on your body. Um, so recently, I'd received a little bit of um, aches and pains in my back and I had no idea what it was. I was thinking, I really don't get it. I'm not doing anything much different to how I always have done, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, everything seems to be pretty much the same. Okay, maybe I'm not even training as frequent as I was. So I decided to investigate and look into it and I started to do a few more stretches. And one supplement company which I work closely with said to me, you should try our product Keon Flex and Keon Flex helps with mobility and flexibility and also recovery. So it, that might be something that you need. Maybe good rest, but also maybe the right type of supplement. So if you check out uh, Keon Flex from Keon and the website link is getkeon.com forward slash snipes flex. That website link again is getkeon, G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash snipesflex.com and use coupon code snipes20 and you can get yourself 20% off that product. Now, the moment I started taking it, I wouldn't say it was a miracles immediately, but I would say after a few days, the pain from my back started to disappear. Um, I don't know how it got there in the first place, but um, I'm sure that this helps with lots of lubrications in the body and uh, dealing with any kind of inflammation. But in your case, it might be worth checking out a chiropractor. If you haven't listened to the podcast, which I had done with Katie Chimes, then definitely have a look. See if you can find it. I think it was episode 27. You know, it covers a lot to do with kind of maintenance with the body and back pain mainly, but it is all about the bones in your body. That particular episode is called The Importance of Protecting Your Back with Chiropractor Katie Chimes. Check that one out. 
Okay, so next question. What's your research process? For example, when you are deciding on a product to use or when you are putting a fitness routine together, what what is your thought process from start to finish? What elements are you looking out for? What sources would you say are more reliable? Do you trust word of mouth, reputable authors, websites, etc.? Wow, that's a really good question. That's a really good one. Um, wow, it, man, I don't even know where to start. I would say a combination of many things, really. So, I mean, I've been training for a lot of years. And during these years, I've, I've researched and tried loads of different things. And I think trial and error counts for a lot. And, and that's what happens even with the research itself that happens. They they do lots of, of trials on, on mice, for instance. And they say, okay, so this is the results with mice. This might be the results with humans. And a lot of people just go with that. Just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that works for the mice. So it probably works with me. You know, I'm always excited to know where science is developing and I know it's not going to fast track anywhere soon, but I would say it's moving at a very quick rate. And, you know, th there's people out there that are extreme skeptics, but I know that there are so many possibilities and I wouldn't trust whatever research is said on a website blindly. I'll look at the overall picture. What do a lot of other uh, clinical research studies say and maybe what other experts say as well? So one of the great benefits of having a podcast is speaking to experts to learn their experiences. Now, people who have had a lot of experience in the world can help you to fast track your learning so that you don't need to start from the very beginning. And that's probably one of the reasons why people follow me because if I'm learning from experts and I've had my years of experience which has helped me to develop where I am today, then these people don't need to, you know, learn for over 26 years. They can, they can fast track, be like, all right, what are the main bullet points here? But trial and error is a very good thing. I remember when I used to buy fitness magazines, that used to be my source of information. Obviously now we got social media. I don't even know if anyone's buying magazines anymore. But when I used to buy magazines, it was like my Bible basically. And you know, I'd see this massive, huge bodybuilder and I'd think, all right, what are they doing? I need to do that and then I'll be able to get the same amount of muscle and these guys were standing next to these whey proteins. So that's what I used to get. I'd buy whey protein. I'd buy it, I would train, I would train and train. I'd buy it, train, buy it, training. And I was thinking, why am I not developing like these guys? Yeah, and then the truth was revealed some years later. But what I also noticed was when I was having whey protein, I always felt bloated, but I always felt to myself that this was probably a process that I had to undergo. I needed to just just, just feel it, just settle with the bloating feeling 
it's a part of the process. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable. And then I think about 16 years later, there's this new revelation. We are now able to do DNA tests. And um, I do a DNA test, which opened the doors to allow me to understand so much about myself. But one of the intriguing things were I couldn't digest dairy. I was lactose intolerant. And I thought, wow, that really does make sense with a lot of things. So if I had just listened to my body, then I would have understood that I shouldn't have continued having whey protein, you know, like just listening to my body. So there's a lot of products which are available on the market. And if I try it and I don't get a response which everybody is talking about or whatever the clinical studies are supposed to be, then I can only give my review in my experience. So I don't just trust it blindly, but I do trust that perhaps there is some significant research to say that this is good for a person. I remember when people used to ask me, how much creatine do you take? How often do you take it? And I was like, well, I don't actually have creatine at all. And it's only recently I've started to introduce creatine to my diet. But before that, no, I hardly ever have it. Sometimes maybe if it was in, in one of the pre-workout formulas which I was having, then yeah, just just as a, as a default, if it was part of the mixture, but I wouldn't try it. So I started taking... Uh, creatine monohydrate and you know there's lots of research behind it but what I found with me was there were certain types which was not working for my body didn't matter how much water I would drink I would still get cramps so you know this is the feedback which I would give to people that you need to be hydrated but your body may still not respond to certain types of supplements, regardless of the research. You need to take a personalized approach when it comes to anything. Even if a diet is meant to be fantastic, you need to see whether it's fantastic for you. You, you just have to try for yourself. I've spoken to certain brands that have a good reputation and the product is said to, I don't know, achieve something for an individual. So I've reached out and spoken to them about collaborating. And um, one particular brand sent me their product, which was, I think, worth about $300. And I tried it out. And I was initially, I was so excited. But after trying to use it, I wasn't getting the... <laughs> the feedback which I was expecting from the actual device. So I contacted the company and I said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not really getting as I expected. Maybe it's something I'm doing wrong. And I, I told them exactly how I was trying to operate this device, which they gave me. And um, yeah, they said it was right. And they said they've had similar feedback before, but they're going to send me a new device, which is like um, their more improved version. <clears throat> so they sent that over to me and it was like another device worth about $300. So now 
I've got, you know, $600 worth of equipment from this company. And I'm trying to operate it. And I got the same response. Like it just wasn't working as was suggested. But the ironic thing was a lot of people who were working with this company gave some incredible reviews. Now, I don't want to get into detail about what the product was because it was very unique and not many other products fit in the same category, so it would be too obvious. And I don't want to say anything bad about the company. All I know is that my experience was not as, let's say it was um, instructed on the packet. And um, yeah, lots of people said it was amazing and I tried it and it didn't work. And I said, look, I'm really sorry. I can't talk about it. I can't even give a product review because if I do, it's not going to be good. So you might as well just have the product back. But they didn't, they just told me to keep it and I didn't send it back. So, you know, sometimes you can go by what lots of other people say. But sometimes it might it just won't work for you. Um, so you have to try for yourself a lot of the time. And that, that's what I do. I, you know, listen to what the reviews say. Sometimes when lots of people are given a certain review, it fast tracks, you know, your results because you don't need to try every single thing. Um, but, you know, you might be the odd one out that it doesn't work for. But... Um, there are some authors that give some really great stuff that kind of help you to change your life through their their experiences or uh, a way they've lived their life which has helped them to improve. So people like Joe Dispenza, pretty amazing at what he does. Um, Paul Saladino, <laughs> he's a carnivore. And it's just really interesting to hear, you know, from the perspective of a carnivore, someone who just only eats meat, but he can justify his choices in all the research which he has done. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to become a carnivore, but I respect him for just his perspective in life. Um, yeah, so many books, to be honest with you. There's one guy called Sean Acor, Acor, I think it's Sean Acor, he has a book which is called The Happiness Advantage and I think a lot of people in life they don't know how to just manufacture happiness within themselves, they look out for external sources without understanding you know how it works within themselves so that's a really interesting person. Um, there's lots of motivational speakers as well like Tony Robbins and you've got Les Brown as well <clears throat> don't know too many books too many books I, I if I was to go through my books then this <laughs> would be an extremely long answer but yeah I think check out the reputable people I always check out people who's got a good reputation but then I always do my due diligence with whatever they say. Like, you know, I'll, 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 I wouldn't say take it with a pinch of salt. I'll take it with more than a pinch of salt with what they say because they're reputable. 
So I would say maybe about 85% of what they say I take as truth and then I'll just kind of find the other 15% to perhaps quantify what they say. The thing is, the truth can change as well. And I think a lot of people need to be aware of that. Like <laughs> what we understood to be the truth might not be the same forever. And I think some people just get really caught up with once they've learned something, then it is the gospel, it is written in stone, it cannot be changed. And I think with that kind of mentality, it's very difficult to grow. You know, even something off subject, like when I was at school, we all learned that there were nine planets. And I think, um, I think around 2006, it was, it was changed to eight. So Pluto was known as a planet and that was the truth back then. And then it was changed in 2006 and now they call it some kind of dwarf planet, which I don't know, it's now been demoted. So it's the new truth. And I think it's really important to, to make sure that your mind is flexible to all different possibilities. And that's what I try to do for myself. Okay, so next question. Can a skinny guy with a BMI of 18 develop muscles as big as a strongman? Um, to be honest, simply put, I, I very much doubt it. I'm not gonna lie. You know, when people say things like, <laughs> You can be whatever you want to be. Ooh, yeah. No, I, no, no. I just, sometimes I just think it's just, you just gotta, you just gotta accept the truth. You, you're never gonna be as big as a strong man if you got a BMI of 18. Um, it really depends on what your genetics is. If, if you are naturally skinny, then forget it. Like you're an ectomorph. So the difference is with strong men, they're most likely endomorphs or, or, or at the very minimum, a mesomorph. Those are, those are the different body types. If you're an ectomorph where you are just skinny, regardless of how much food you eat, then chances are in terms of how strong you will get, it won't be like an endomorph, unfortunately. But I would say that you can, I've seen some some skinny guys increase their strength. I've seen some really strong skinny guys, like uh, strong for their, for their weight, but um, you wouldn't be able to reach the monstrosity in size as these endomorph strongman people. Like it, it just won't happen. You can do genetic tests to find out a bit more about your body and with understanding this, it will give you a, a bigger insight as to what type of training will help you to develop your body a bit more. Um, so you, you definitely have room for growth, but there's definitely a cap as well. Certain other things are going to be more towards your strengths and, you know, it, it's like, my body, for instance, I'm, I'm a mesomorph. Now, if I wanted to do long distance running, it's going to be a struggle for me. I remember when I tried in school, um, I'd done it, but with great difficulty, I struggled. You know, my, my eating was on point and uh, my training was on point, but you know, even there were people that didn't train as often as me, 
but they could last the distance because their bodies were just built that way. It was like, you know, they were born for it. So, you know, don't don't want to make you lose hope or anything like that. But I would say understand your strengths and try to make your strengths grow to the best of its capacity. But when you start to compare to other people, it, it can be a bit demoralizing. So I would say don't do that. Just try to focus on being the strongest that you can be. So next question. I'm a black man. I have no calves. Plus I'm tall. I'm sure you know the struggle. Can you direct me to some great workout videos? <laughs> you might as well have said, I have a laptop. I eat bananas. Can you tell me your favorite TV program? It's almost like, <laughs> what is the link? <laughs> all right. So first of all, it seems to me as though you have a, a very defeated personality. The way you've just said, I am a black man. I have no calves. Plus, I'm tall. I'm sure you know the struggle. Now, that to me shows that you're already defeated. And before you even look at workout videos, I think you need to work out your mind. You have to have a mindset of, I'm going to make it happen. And, it, you know, it's better to say, I've been trying to grow my calves, but I've been struggling. And then afterwards, maybe tell me, uh, you know, your, your body type or something like that. But saying that because you're a black man, you've got no calves. There are some black men who have some incredible calves. Now, sometimes people have other strengths and they've got weaknesses, but that's life. But training calves, there's not many different variations of exercises which you can do. You could do maybe standing calf raises, seated calf raises. Um, you can use the leg press and do calf raises on that. Um, there's a donkey calf raise and that's about it. Um, but in terms of growth, you probably need to try and go heavy and do slow repetitions really, like a real slow eccentric or even a slow concentric which not a lot of people do. But um, yeah, you're just going to have to keep training, keep training and make sure you're eating enough, especially if you're tall. Um, many times people who are tall, their metabolic rate seems to be a lot higher. So um, I would suggest to get an app like MyFitnessPal so that you can calculate your calories and um, work out what would be best for you. Okay, so the next question, okay, so it was written in Spanish and I had to put it in Google Translate. So this is exactly as it is translated. How old did you start training and what would you say to encourage someone who is already discouraged with the gym because he doesn't get a body? Okay, I started training in the gym when I was 16 years old. Um, yeah, because that's the, the legal age when you can join a gym. My sister used to be, um, she, she used to work in a leisure center. 
and that was my first time really um my sister used to work there and she hooked her brother up literally <laughs> and you know the fact that i was able to train in the gym it was it was just a true blessing for me so i made sure i was there as often as possible i was i don't know i'll be in there for like 3 hours doing all sorts of amateur <laughs> I don't know uh, rookie errors, but you know, I, as long as I was as long as I was there, I was happy, um, and uh, yeah, that 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 was my start really. I you know I started to look a bit more in magazines to understand different types of exercises, more trial and error. I used to train with a friend of mine when I first started in the gym, but he. He just kept failing to turn up. And I just thought to myself, do you know what? I just can't deal with a training partner. I'm trying to be serious at this. And then this guy, he just keeps he just keeps failing to turn up. He messages me, telling me just all sorts of random sh stuff. <laughs> so um yeah, I just I just kept up the practice, kept it up, and um I don't think I fell off for many years until I got myself into a, a crappy relationship and then um, the training went downhill for a little bit but the moment I got rid of that <laughs> then my training went back up again and I was on fire I was training even more uh, intensely but um, you know if you're not feeling encouraged sometimes it just depends on what angle you look at it as you know, you have a lot of people right now that with this whole COVID-19, they will do anything to be at a gym. Like, they're like, oh my God, I, I wish the gym was open. But I could tell you this, if this pandemic didn't happen, there would be a lot of people slacking to go to the gym saying, ah, it's too far. Yeah, I'm too tired. Yeah, I can't be bothered. But people are desperate. Now, if you have an opportunity to get up and walk, if you have all limbs, your body is functioning fine, you, you should be encouraged. You should be very encouraged. There's some people who, I'll be honest, I've seen videos of people who are literally disabled. They might be missing like one arm or two arms uh, or both legs or uh, one arm and two legs missing. Um, some people are, are renowned for their hard work considering they've got most of their limbs missing. You know, if, you, if you're not encouraged by the fact that you have probably have quite a lot already going for you, then I don't know what to say really. Um, man, I the, the first time I started training was just in my room doing push-ups and sit-ups push-ups, sit-ups, and some dips. And then I was trying to be creative and I'll try and do curls with a chair in my hand. And yeah, that's all I had, just the basic stuff around me. And I would be just like, I need to try to achieve some level of fitness and I wanna try and get this kind of body. My um, first initial, um, I don't know, hero or someone who I aspired to be was a guy called Linford Christie, who was a, a really fast sprinter. 
um, maybe a world record holder back in the 90s. And um, watching him and just like looking at his physique, I was like, man, I really want to look like this guy. And yeah, that was my inspiration. And I didn't have no weights, but it was something, you know. And if you have nothing, then how much more lower can you get? You know, I lived in a poor neighborhood. Forget the poor neighborhood. I lived in a poor household. I didn't have any, (laughs) I didn't have much luxuries. You know, there were certain days when I would not have electricity in the house. And I lived in a developed world, do you know, like a developed country, UK, very developed. It's not a third world country, but um, there was times I didn't have electricity in the house and would use a candle as the light to walk around. Um, Dinner would be uh, dumplings, which, you know, was flour and water. And that was my dinner, breakfast, lunch and dinner or breakfast and dinner. When I went to school, (laughs) that to me was like a feast. So I'd be feasting at school. And when I went back home, I, um, I, I was like, you know, back, back to life. So I'd step in the house and then I'd get a candle, light it and walk around the house. And that was my reality for uh, a long time. Um, I didn't have no weights. I would just be doing push-ups in my room, but I was still trying. Like I was still, inspired, motivated, I just had this vision of where I wanted to be, you know, like sometimes it's worth comparing your life for people who really don't have anything. If you have an opportunity to even try, then you are lucky. That's the way I would see it. Next question. Did you get into bodybuilding through pain like most athletes? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting one. I think, I think my main, I think I was just interested in fitness. That was my main thing. I used to sprint and I just remember I wanted to just be the fittest person. So I used to sprint a lot. I used to try to figure out what type of foods will get me to just feel fitter, feel stronger. And then I think what happened at some point was when I used to compete in small events, my dad didn't support that anymore. And he said he wasn't going to pay for me to compete at these events. So he he, he pretty much <laughs> shut my career down on that quick. And um, yeah, but what he said was, I'll, I'll buy you some weights um, because I know you're into fitness. Besides, I don't want you hanging out or hanging around with all of those riffraffs that, um, you know, those were my friends. (laughs) And many of them were criminals. They were out just like, you know, burgling and all that sort of stuff. And I got myself involved in some of that rubbish, but let's not get into that. And, um, you know, you know, days when I would just be in my room and I wasn't going out anywhere, I would just lift weights just to buy time. Um, And it was kind of my, my escapism as well. You know, um, my dad, he was an alcoholic and, you know, there was many times I had been uh, beaten by my dad. So it was like, you know, when you just need to just uh, release that energy, you know, Um, I had a lot of stored anger, a lot of stored emotions and the training was my outlet. Um, 
man, from a young age. I mean, I, I tell people that I trained when I was 15, but the truth is I had weights when I was younger than that. But, you know, it wasn't as serious. It was just, you know, it was a skinny little boy um, just trying to <laughs> find out what these weights can do. So maybe you're right. Maybe it was through pain that really helped me to channel my anger. Um, and then it just kind of became just a part of what I do. I'd wake up, I'd pick up the weights and I'll just start lifting. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's it's kind of grown from that point. Okay, so the next question, what workouts do you focus on most? I would say right now is just to keep active. I don't have any kind of set type of routine. I just like to just keep active, just keep fit. Like for me, longevity, fitness, movement is my main focus. But at the same time, I'll look in the mirror and I'll, uh, I'll think to myself, aesthetically, what can do with some work? And then I'll do it that way. But otherwise, you know, like I used to have a real regimented system where, <laughs> you know, I'll train certain body parts on certain days. Whereas now I just really focus on being fit. You know, I've even started to incorporate cycling where I'll cycle probably more days a week than I actually lift weights. And I would say I incorporate more natural biohacks in my house than lifting weights as well. So it kind of all ties in together my whole fitness regime. Do you play any sports? No, I don't actually. You know what? I would love to. I really, really would. It's just I don't have any time for that. You know, I know some people, they play football on the weekend with the lads and then afterwards they'll go to the pub. But um, no, I don't. I don't have any friends that I do any kind of sports with. Um, so for me, be, being able to go to the gym, train, or at the moment during the uh, quarantine, train in my garden and to cycle, for me, um, yeah, that's what it is. I used to sprint when I was younger. I guess most of the sports which I was mainly interested in was solo sports, really where it didn't really have to involve anyone else, just just me. It was not like a, a team sport where we need to do stuff together. I guess I've always been one of those people that just has relied on myself and not that I don't like other people. There's not many people I do like, but it's not that I don't like other people, but I always have been kind of self, um, self-motivated, if that's, if that's the word, or self-encouraged, self-driven, that kind of thing. So maybe <laughs> those kind of sports. Okay, so next question. Looking good, sir. I've been doing a lot of research on the microbiome for the last year or so. Have you ever heard of mucoid plaque? If so, uh, what are your thoughts on it? And any tips on holistic supplements to a clean diet? you might recommend based on your knowledge and experience. Do you know what? I've not heard of that, you know. Mucoid plaque. No. I've had a microbiome test and 
I've seen, you know, the different types of bacteria which I have in my body. I know what type of prebiotics would be good for those um, bacteria, and you know what would be considered as good and bad food for me in particular. But maybe because I didn't have this on the record, this mucoid plaque. This might be the reason why I don't know about it. Um, but no, I'm afraid not. But since it's plaque, I'm assuming it's um, <laughs> not too good. Some sort of buildup of maybe bacteria or something. Something that needs to be cleared away. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, a barricade of some sort. Um, but yeah, that, that's just guesswork. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Um Holistic supplements, holistic, holistic. I don't know, holistic. Things that'll be holistic is whole foods, really. Nice, clean, wholesome foods, you know, nature's foods, the way it's meant to be, uh, you know, grass-fed beef and um, pasture-raised um, uh, eggs and um, just like, like natural, naturally grown plants without well without without much of that uh, pesticide and fungicide and insecticide and all that sort of sides <laughs> it sounds like suicide um yeah like w when it comes to food i think that's it's it's hard these days because if you get a organic uh, range of food it's going to be quite expensive and a lot of people say Oh, you know, but it's an investment for your, you know, for your health, which is true. It is true. But, I, you know, for people who have a big family, then they're trying to feed their family and they don't have that much money. It's a it's a totally different scenario. So you have to try to make ends meet as much as you can. And it's unfortunate that much of the good food is not going to be cheap. So... You know, it's it's good to take little measures like maybe just washing your fruit a little bit more and your vegetables a little bit more because it's going to have some kind of pesticide spray on it. So just wash it a bit more, a little bit more, maybe some warm water. Um, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to have some kind of um, water filter at home, then that will probably be good. You know, put the veg in that and... and because even the water these days is not necessarily clean. But that's the holistic approach with food. Um, with supplements, it's a difficult one because it's supplements, right? It's, it's, it's kind of made in a factory. So um, maybe, I mean, myself, I use digestive enzymes just to kind of help with the movement of stuff a bit. So my body will produce enzymes. However... If I feel that it might be overly challenged with certain types of foods, then I'll take some extra digestive enzymes to, you know, just kind of help with the breakdown of certain proteins for better absorption for my muscles. I might uh, take some hydrochloric acid to, again, kind of like help with the breakdown. Um, especially if I eat beyond a certain time, my body, and I don't do that on a regular basis, but 
you know, it happens, it happens, life, right? Um, if it does happen, I might be like, okay, I need some hydrochloric acid. <laughs> My body is not really trying to make that right now. And I might just kind of, you know, take one of those. You know, it's it to to try and put things in a natural sense. I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, when people have like excessive amounts of whey protein because that they think that that will give them bigger arms or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of those people. So I'm not buying lots of uh, tubs of protein. And in fact, what many people might um fail to believe or even know is that I don't really use whey protein at all. I'll have some protein of some sort every once in a while. I might have some hemp, um, hemp seed protein or um, maybe some whey protein, pea protein. I'll mix it up. And to be honest, it's not even that regular. It could be twice a week or something like that. But most of, most of my stuff comes from food. Um, holistic holistic <laughs> magnesium it's kind of holistic possibly <laughs> i'll have that at night time to help me with sleep not to help me with sleep but it, it does help me to have a bit of more of a deeper sleep sometimes i'll have some beautiful dreams so most of the supplements which i use are bioptimizers um you know the hydrochloric acid the um the digestive enzymes mass zymes there's another one called Capex, which is great for breaking down fat. Um, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of help with the natural movement of the body. Um, but anyone who's interested in bioptimizers, just vis uh, visit bioptimizers.com and uh, use coupon code SNIPES10 <laughs> to get 10% off. It's really, really great stuff. Really, really great stuff. I do also use some creatine every once in a while. I wouldn't say I use it all the time. I don't feel it's always necessary. Sometimes I might even take it just for um, a bit of cognitive, um, I don't know, um, um, uplift, a cognitive uplift. Because creatine is very good for uh, strength, but it's also good for your brain. So I might add that to a drink, which I might want to um, give me a little bit of a men mental stimulation. Um, and what else? Maybe, uh, yeah, some essential amino acids. But um, again, mainly from food, but every once in a while, essential amino acids when I'm training, it really depends on the food that I'm eating. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll weigh it up with like, okay, so w what have I eaten today? Or what have I eaten yesterday? How am I feeling today? I do tend to go a lot by the way I feel. If, um, if I feel to have it, then I'll go for it. I think feeling is a, a very important thing when it comes to choosing the right type of supplements as well as food. But I would also say that if you eat a lot of junk food, then I feel that you're feeding your the bad bacteria in your body a lot. And the bad bacteria are the ones that are going to be speaking to you a lot. So if you go by that gut feeling, you'll be making the same mistake <laughs> a lot again and again. So you'd have to kind of um, 
override that uh, inner voice and do the right thing. But yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, there's a ton of other supplements, to be honest with you, but I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, you must have this, must have that, must have this, must have that. They're all for different reasons. And um, and it, it's like one of those where it just depends uh, on the situation. Okay, next question. Muscle memory is permanent or temporary? If it is temporary, that what is maximum time for consciousness of muscle memory? Wow, um, I'm not too sure whether there is a definitive answer for that one. I'm not too sure, not too sure. From personal experience, there was one time when I was going through a crappy relationship and I wasn't able to train for at least three years. And I was still roughly the same size. I didn't really use lose size. I, I'm sure I've read before that people can hold on to muscle memory for like many, many, many years, like maybe 10 years or something like that. I think it depends on many things about the individual. Like, you know, what body type you are and um, what types of foods you're eating, what other types of practices. Maybe it, it, it depends on the environment that you are in as well. You know, like if if it's in a, I don't know, like a, a non-clean environment, you know, where your body might get lots of toxins, then it might cause your body to atrophy. Whereas if you're in a really... I don't know, healthy environment, maybe good grounding and great sunlight, good nutrition. It might be a lot longer. It, it depends on many stuff, I would say. I don't think there's like, okay, it's this many years and that is it. That This is it for everybody. I think it's going to vary per person. Okay, next question. How long did it take to get to that form? Okay, so I've been training for over 26 years really um that's it <laughs> over 26 years okay so next question where is it okay how much time it can take normally to build a good physique if everything is fine like sleep diet and exercise <laughs> people just want a straight answer for reaching a certain goal I don't know if there's a again another definitive answer just on that there's going to be many variables such as age as well sex body type um yeah like what is a, a good diet you know it you know you need obviously need to be in a surplus but it's going to affect everyone different um you know, but if, if all the boxes are ticked and, you know, some people, if they are newbies in the gym, there's this thing which they call newbie gains. And sometimes it's such a big shock to the body that you get such an amazing response at the very beginning when you start training. And then you can start seeing a difference within maybe a few weeks, you know, a little... <laughs> A little chest pump and maybe some arms. I, I don't think most people focus on their legs when they're trying to put on some size, but yeah, it's um, maybe w within a few weeks with newbie gains. If you've never trained before, 
But uh, if you have trained before, it could be slightly different. And it just depends on body type and um, maybe even uh, ethnicity as well. Some, some, some types of uh, ethnicities can put on size a lot easier and some can't, you know, uh, <laughs> depends on many things. Okay, if you accidentally injure yourself in your routine, what's your protocol for healing? What's the most important thing, for example? Is sleep more important or do you change your food type, etc., etc., whilst you're fixing the injury? Interesting, interesting. To be honest, I haven't really had that many injuries, but uh, if if I have an issue with my shoulder, I do tend to rest it. I don't, I don't train excessively. I'll, I'll drop the weights and I'll work out a little less. I might even take some time out from the gym. And sleep is definitely a priority for me anyway, without an injury. And um, if if I feel my body is suffering in any way, I do tend to spend a high attention to the types of food that I am eating. So I do focus a lot on, okay, what type of food is going to help my body to heal? And most of the things I do focus on is probably around protein because protein is, it's, uh, it's, it's everywhere in the body. So good quality protein and probably lots of micronutrients as well to deal with uh, other types of healing. But I've always been a, a fan of using the sauna. So I would use the sauna for the muscles and after the sauna, I'll get into a cold shower. So a bit of hot and cold therapy is amazing for repairing and dealing with any kind of inflammation in the body. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just even getting back to sleep. Sleep is probably one of the most, I don't know, neglected natural things that we can do. You don't need to buy sleep. It's already there. You just need to take it. Just just, <laughs> just sleep. And, you know, there's many books based just on sleep alone because it is such a powerful thing. You know, it just it helps to balance your circadian rhythm and just that alone your circadian rhythm is um, responsible for so many things in the body for your health and if that falls out of alignment your ability to repair itself uh, your ability to produce more testosterone or growth hormone or any quality hormones for that matter uh, will get compromised so definitely sleep is one of the the top natural healing methods. Okay, next question. Is genetics play a role in one's upper chest that separates chest pecs with proper defined line? <laughs> okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> Is genetics play a role in one's upper chest that separates chest pecs with proper defined line? line okay uh the genetics of the chest um i don't think that determines your upper chest at all to be honest i think it just depends on how a person trains 
some people, if if they focus primarily on using a flat bench and they don't do an incline, then their chances of developing the upper chest is going to be a lot less. Um, yeah, I think that's it, mate. Okay, next question. How to say no to temptation? What has made you so physically and mentally strong? <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I think it's been, you know, I, I have these moments. It goes up, it goes down. So I'm, I'm human just like everyone else. But I think the main thing for me is if I decide to eat some food which has got nothing to do with nutrition, then I have to tell myself that, okay, what am I going to do to mitigate the damage? Because that's the way I see it. If I'm not having any nutritional value where it's going to benefit the, I don't know, like me nutritionally, then I need to do something to try and offset it. And when I do that, I feel good. I feel I'm doing something about it. Now, I've spoken to people in the past and some people are saying, you know, like if you eat a healthy diet, then, you know, doing this every once in a while is is not a bad thing. Don't worry about it. And the thing is, I'm not worried about it. This is something I want to do for my body. I mean, it's my body and this is what I want to do. So if I feel good about it, then, you know, this is something I'm going to continue to practice. So if I eat extra calories from some biscuits or ice cream or cake or something like that, then I'll try and walk it off or go for a cycle. I'll do some extra pu extra push-ups or some sit-ups or just try and sweat out some of the toxins somehow. And um, it, it's my way of saying, okay, I've kind of earned it. Or what I'll do is I'll I'll train extra first before I decide to uh, eat what I call sin food. So, you know, I'll, I'll just burn some extra calories and I'm like, okay, cool. I now qualify to eat what I want. Um, and that's always worked for me, really. You know, like I think a lot of people, they tend to, I don't know, it's, it's almost like, a credit card people want the money now and they uh you know they find themselves in in debt or arrears so they they spend the money before they have it and in in this case when it comes to their body people want to eat the food before they put the work in so they just like eat all sorts of garbage and they just want to satisfy their taste buds but when it comes to the work they they say I'll do it later whereas for me I more think of let me do it first then that way I'm already ahead of myself and you know that way it it makes me feel in control so if I eat junk food it's not temptation it's been a calculated decision what's a career path you would do if you weren't into fitness I'd probably go into full-time property investment, to be honest. I do like property investments. Um, yeah, there's good money to be made. And there's so many different ways you can do it with regards to property. You can, 
you know, purchase your own land and uh, buy your own materials and just just build your own thing, really, your own little project. Um, or you can go into like um, commercial property. Um, obviously, there's the standard buy to lets. You can got you got your HMOs, um, service accommodations. Man, there's there's so many you can get involved in. I just I do love property to be honest, and you know with any kind of extra any kind of money that I'll make from fitness, that's where the money would go anyway. But if I wasn't doing fitness, <laughs> it would be full time property. Okay, next question. At what point did you make bodybuilding a serious goal? Uh, what made you want to go so hard? I don't know, like with bodybuilding, I wouldn't say that that was my like all-time goal. I just wanted to be super fit. <laughs> That's what it was. I, I really wanted to be fit. I wanted to, as a kid, I just wanted to, I wanted to do the as, as many star jumps as possible. Um burpees, skipping rope, just running up and down. I was like, okay, well, how can I be more fit? I never want to tire out. And at the same time, I, you know, I, I wanted to build some muscle, but I think that kind of came at a later time. Um, but I wouldn't say bodybuilding. I just wanted a better body. That's all I wanted. I wanted a nice body. I didn't really care about, you know, being on the stage. Although I did go on the stage for uh, five years. I competed for five years, um, but it wasn't something that was like desperately my passion for like, you know, from, from the beginning of days. It was just something that I thought, Do you know what, maybe I should present this body on stage since I've been putting so much hard work in, you know? Um, and that's sort of like how it happened really. I think I had great encouragement when I was 15. I had someone who was like a mentor to me. He was much older than me. Um, I think, I can't remember, he was in his 30s and I was 15. He used to train in his garage and I would walk by and just watch him train. And uh, one day he said, look, if you want to join me, just pick up a weight and join in. So, you know, I used to go to his garage and train and you know, the other kids will stop by and just watch us train, but nobody would join in. And I just felt like, you know what, I've, I've got someone here who is kind of inspiring. You know, he's he's much older than me and he's just, uh, he's given me the great encouragement, which I want to continue to try and build this body. But yeah, it wasn't all primarily bodybuilding, bodybuilding. I just wanted to be super fit. And I went on the stage and that was great. And going on the stage though, what I found was it was very much just focused on bodybuilding. And the great thing for me was when I left competing, it brought me right back to focusing on fitness. That's all I've always been really interested in. Fitness, fitness, fitness. Okay, next question is, what life lessons would you say you've learnt so far? What things do you want to achieve? Oh, wow. Um, wow. Life lessons. Uh, man, I've learned so many things over the years. I'm not sure if I can actually just 
you know, fit it in a in a simple one answer. I think one of the biggest things I've probably learnt is that you can't judge your current circumstances for what the future might be. You know, like I sometimes I look back and I think, wow, this is incredible. I can't believe I am in a situation which I am in right now. You know, like I've I've lived in a in a in a temporary accommodation where I was um, evicted. I've lived in um, uh, a mouse infested um, accommodation. Um, you know, yeah, lived in poverty. You know, beaten up by my father and ran away from home, homeless. Lived, uh, you know, w- worked at some uh, some dreadful jobs, um, but they were jobs. Um, I've I've swept the streets. Um, I've done some things. I'm like, wow, man, I can't believe this is where I am now. So, the life lesson for me is sometimes it's a case of like so many things is possible, and. I listen to some people sometimes and I'm like, bruv, you have no idea. You know, people are complaining, saying, oh, I've tried this and it's not working. Well, then freaking try harder. You're not trying hard enough because I sit down and I think about all the stuff that I went through and I had to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And you got people just complaining about these stupid little things. And I'm like, you're just talking BS. I, I actually don't want to hear you right now. <laughs> so I think certain things that I've been through in the past as, um, you know, in my in my early teens or late teens, early 20s has really toughened me up and given me a lot of resilience to the future and things that I'm experiencing now. Um, I feel like it's not as hard. What things do you want to achieve? Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to be... I'm trying to be a, as close to a superhero as I can be. You know, I'm, I'm trying to... You know, now that there's so much science out there to improve each and every human you know if finances permit then I want to do it there's certain things there's certain procedures which are just crazy expensive which I'll probably never do but I just want to be able to do my very best to try and live a good life for as long as possible that's 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 the main goal for me really I remember reading about Albert Einstein when he had died I think his brain was donated to um, or it was being studied in a university and one of the scientists literally took his brain and like ran off with it (laughs) ran off with his brain because he wanted to study his brain because it was just so miraculous he was like, no, I need, I need to understand why was it so amazing? Now, 
not to say I want anybody to run off with my dead corpse, but I want it to be a case of where I've reached such a physical, amazing achievement with all of the biohacks and everything that I've learned that people want to study me to know how to be an incredible human being. That That is my goal. I want to get somewhere along those lines. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who submitted some amazing questions. I must apologize if I've missed anyone. I did have to leave some of the questions out as they were quite similar. But um, I really do appreciate when people do engage and leave the questions for me so that I can help as many as possible. Remember, it would be great if you could leave a review. A five star would be fab, but a six star would be even better. <laughs> if I do a Q&A on social media, please submit your questions on the post and not slide in the DMs because your messages could get missed. any products or services that have been discussed during this podcast may be written in the show notes once again thank you guys very very much keep blessed